Hello and welcome to the Odds Checker betting show sponsored by Unibet. This is the Cheltenham Festival Day 3 Thursday preview. I am your host, George Ellick, and I'm delighted to be joined by Andy Holding, Ed Quigley and Danny Archer as we look ahead to the day's racing. Uh, thank you very much to Unibet for sponsoring the show as ever. For those of you who don't have a Unibet account, what are you doing? Get on one, sign up, use the, the link below. Deposit £10 and get your money back up to £40 if your first racing bet loses, plus a £10 casino bonus. That is the offer for new customers. T's and C's do apply. You can find the link in the description below. We've done day one and day two already, so we're going to get straight into day three. I'm sick of the sight of these guys already. I'm sure they feel the same about me. Um, and we're going to kick off with the Turners. Uh, Andy, you are Odds Checker's resident tipster, so I'm going to give you first run in the first. But uh, Mighty Potter is the 5-4 to four favourite ahead of El Fabiolo. Again, you know, because we're recording this on Wednesday, uh, when reading out the market, there are a lot of runners here who, who will not be destined to run. Um, Bambridge, 7-2, to two, uh, appreciate it, 9-2. to two. Sagarhard, 13-2, to two. Stage Star, 11-1, to one. Journey With Me, 12-1, to one. Balco Coastal, 12-1, to one. James de Burley and Adamantly Chosen, both 14-1. to one. Uh, Obviously, you bet are non-runner, no bet, so um, we have that going into this. Uh, Mighty Potter will be pretty popular with plenty of punters ahead of the, uh, the week. Where do you stand? Um, similar to uh, Jerry Colomb, um, pros and cons. And I think if I'm looking at staring down a barrel of six to four or under, I want absolutely all my ducks in a row mm. when it comes to taking a skinny price about one. Um, on his Drimmore form, he wins. Simple as that. On soft ground, he beats Bambridge. Again, I think pretty simple as that. But there are grounds to say that Bambridge under a slightly different set of circumstances, particularly around Cheltenham, has got a chance of not only bridging the gap, because he was beaten 18 lengths at Fairy House, but, you know, maybe turning the form around. Mighty Potter has looked really good since winning the Drimmore, really good at the DRF, loved the way he stayed on, proper horse, great engine, good attitude. But then again, his only flop in his career was at Cheltenham last year, when mm. he was faced at championship level at Cheltenham. And he waved the white flag at the top of the hill. A little bit, a little bit too alarmingly early for my liking. Boiled over in the prelims. <coughs> that well, didn't help. Really it, well, it could do it again. Yeah, Who exactly, knows? Yeah. You know, support. It's, it's a worry. Well, <laughs> it, like I say, when you're looking at taking a lemon away, I've got to make sure that there's no stone unturned here. There's not. A, oh yeah, but he could do this. He might do that. Um, I want to be um, absolutely um, making sure everything's all in line. Whereas Bambridge. Um, I thought he ran a really nice trial for this race uh, in, at the DRF over two miles, which was too short for him. Now, a lot of people have said, oh, well, he only picked up the pieces late on and what have you, and, and um, appreciate it was in the thick end of the battle, a little bit longer than Banbridge. Um, but I'm not necessarily buying into that theory. This isn't a two-miler. Mm. Um, appreciate it for me, didn't get the trip. And if you put an extra four furlongs onto that race, there's no doubt in my mind Banbridge would have beaten appreciate it by double digits, and yet they're both sort of trading around about the same price, sort of four, seven to two, four to one. Um, plus the fact Banbridge has got Cheltenham Festival experience, which is very, very important when you're looking at this race. And he's two for two at the track. He's two for two, courtesy of a victory in, uh, in the Martin Pipe, and he jumped immaculately yeah. when he won early on the season, over two miles as well against quicker horses. I mean, mm. Tommy Zoska's no mug. Tommy Zoska literally slipstreamed him into the straight, and he left him for dead. Mm. You know, he's a, you know, he was good enough to run in last year's champion hurdle. So, weighing up all the options here, um, I think Banbridge is the one. Um, he was 4-1 to one, uh, the other day, and I thought that was a really good, you know, each-way bet. I'd still look to put him in some each-way multiples with one or two of the ones I've mentioned. Yeah. Because uh, I do think this race will cut up to eight or less. The other one is Balco Co. Still ties in with um, the Jerry Colong form. Thought he ran really well in the Silly Isles. Uh, he, he he reminds me of um, that horse of, of Nicky's. I'm just, I can't remember his name now. Oh, Master, help me out here, Mister Fisher. Mister Fisher. <laughs> oh, right, yeah, he's, he's just yeah. Yeah, sorry, you've, I've got there in the end. Favorites, yeah. You've just gone all white. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go for a lie down. Yeah. yeah um, <laughs> he's he's a similar type to that. Okay. Where I think you know he's he'll run well in a race like this, and I think Balco Costa will. But I've backed Bambridge, um, and. I might do again on the day if I can get close to four to one, and I know the ground's not going to be too bad because I think he doesn't want it too soft. Seven or two uh, Bambridges at this stage uh, with Unibet. Um, Ed, how are you seeing it? Um, no strong views in the sense that, again, I think this could end up being six, seven runners. 
I think it's between the top two. So if I'm backing a Stage Star or a Balco Coastal, in my view, I'm kind of playing for one place. So I've never liked to kind of go down that route. So all I'm, again, if the ground is more good than anything in it, I do agree with Andy to a large extent now. I think there are valid reasons why Banbridge will at least narrow the gap significantly from that 18 lengths at Christmas, uh, back before Christmas in the Dream Mall, where the ground was desperate. Mm. And Banbridge was going up and down on the spot. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm, look, I'm no bet at the moment, but if there is more good in the ground than anything, and I could see Mighty Potter going off odds on. Mm. I mean, he's kind of going in the Cheltenham banker <laughs> material on every preview night I've been seeing. And uh, this cuts up six, seven runner race. He's five to six. Banbridge threes. Uh, that kind of ballpark. I'd probably play that at that stage, knowing that the ground was in Banbridge's favour. So I'm looking for something to come from left of field. I am genuinely am struggling. So a tentative nod uh, for Banbridge, but uh, powder dry at the moment. Powder dry. Uh, Danny? A bit like Ed, quite similar really. I, I dry think powder. Mighty Potter probably will win. I, I was, you know, Banbridge was the obvious eye catcher in the Irish Arkle, as Andy's made the strong case from already two from two at Cheltenham. I can see him running really well, but maybe it might just come down to ability. Maybe Mighty <coughs> Potter just might prove better than him. He might just be the better horse on the day instead of, you know, looking at it from other angles. Appreciate it runs here because they've just taken him out of the Arkle. But he's a nine-year-old, mm. uh, which would be a massive... It's not getting any better. No, it's here, not. Balco um, Coastal, Nicky Henderson actually put that one up at the Gallops morning. He, he wasn't even there, the horse, but he said he will come on a tonne for, for Sandown. So maybe at a price he's one to have a look at. But I, I think it's between Mighty Potter and Banbridge, but maybe just Mighty Potter. He's the apple of uh, Gordon Elliott in the team's eye. Maybe he just is too strong. Big festival for Gordon as well after the last couple of years. Um, the Mighty Potter... The, the, the big hope, uh, especially on the Thursday as well. Five to four favourite with Unibet and Mighty Potter. <coughs> Bambridge, as we say, seven and two, top end of the market where you're looking for that one. Um, we've got two of your best bets in the Potemps. Uh, we've got. <laughs> Always happens. Yeah, I know. Typical. Um, shoot first is a three to one favourite ahead of Thanks for the Help at 11 and two. <coughs> Maxim, seven to one. Uh, Walking on Air, seven to one. The Boss's Oscar, eight to one. Salvador Ziggy, eight to one. We've also got Percival. A Galios in there as well at 11 to 2. But we'll start with shoot first, and shooting first is Danny Archer. Well, you could have done one of them, can you, for that one? I could have done, yeah, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Um, shooting when, archers, yes, yeah. going off. When Andy was in Lapland, I dialed in from Morocco. <laughs> yes. And the horse. Oh, no, of um, course, yeah. I yeah. was keen on a horse there on Boxing Day. We flew home Boxing Day. Yeah, your room we, service went off exactly, just as you were yeah, you're in the middle. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just mm. before I got the flight, yeah. um, thanks for the help, I was all over at Weatherby. But um, something came amiss as it had wind surgery and did bolt up at Chepstow. We'll just about sneak in, I think, off one to eight with the new rules in the Potemps. Probably wouldn't got in, in in other years, but has snuck in. So that's the one I fear. But shoot first. The form of that handicap has worked out very, very well. Ireland have won six of the last seven runnings. Uh, he beat Botox Haz, who then won, won a big pot at Haydock. He's up £10 for that victory. But I just think he's open to loads of improvement. He was dossing. On the uh, on the run for home, and I think there's plenty more to come. And he hasn't been, they haven't run since. Charles has been happy with him, so just leave him and have a tilt here. And I think the third on Toulouse, John Joe O'Neill, he's the one at, at an each way price. He stayed on really strongly uh, behind shoot first. They've also just happy to leave his handicap mark at one three nine for John Joe O'Neill. So they would be my two against the field. It's it's an intriguing betting heat because Maxim when he won at uh, Leopardstown at Christmas. He was the three-to-one favourite mm. for this. Then he disappointed at the DRF. So it's been a, a market which has changed a lot. And I know Walking On Air has been one for good support in recent days. Nicky also gave a good nod to His Majesty the King, Steel of March. So there's plenty of bigger prices, but I think uh, I think that form from Cheltenham in October could hopefully come to fruition in March. Shoot first, the one for the archer, and then the man who walks on air. Walking on air. <laughs> yeah, I think the horse has got major claims. I see Nicky Henderson saying he's going to do a Willie Mullins and run five or six in the race. I thought it was quite amusing. Uh, I think his horse is uh, a serious player. I mean, lots was thought of him last season, wasn't it? I mean, he was sent off nine to two to win that uh, entry grade one. He missed the Ballymore at the length hour with a, a little bit of a, a setback. And it's just always a horse, I've got to admit, has been more hype than substance until recently. Um, where the penny really dropped to Exeter, where over three miles, um, he jumped superbly. He was just spot on. And it was the first time in his career where he'd sorted everything out in the jumping department. I mean, he, he travelled round like a, a proper graded horse in a handicap. I mean, Nico hadn't moved a muscle on him uh, on that occasion. That was off 133. Uh, he quickened up, 
nicely to get the job done. Now I thought he was going to get absolutely clobbered by the handicapper, and he's only got five pounds for it. He gets in here off 138. I think that's potentially very lenient. You know, um, beautifully bred, should get this trip. Uh, related a whole host of three mi milers. The dam was refinement, of course, who was two and a half slash three miler. Uh, and just everything about this horse, he's unexposed. He screams improvement over this trip. He screams improvement to me off 138. And um, yeah, he's going to take the same route as uh, Fingal Bay won that extra race back in 2014 en route to, uh, to Cheltenham Festival glory. And I can see a similar kind of thing here. So uh, walking on air each way, seven to one, uh, I find it hard to boot him out of frame for clear round. He will travel as well as anything mm. into the race, coming to two out. Um, and, you know, if after that, a handicap has caught up with him, then so be it. But I, I, my gut feeling is this, that's a bit of an error. Uh, I'm, I'd be shocked if he wasn't a, a 145-plus horse. To be honest with you. I mean, Nicky Henderson said in his pre-season, I always dig out these pre-season notes from the owners' days and things to see what the... Because I always think the initial thoughts of trainers is, you know, not the PR side of yeah. things when they're in front of a camera, what they kind of think off the cuff and what they say. He said in his owners' day, he thought this horse was a stayers hurdle horse. Uh, that was how good he said, you know, nothing could really live with it when we work it at home. He's not ended up at that level, but off 138 in a handicap. Uh, I'd be shocked if he's not £10 better. Now, there could be about nine Irish horses who are £10 <laughs> better, in which case I'm going to have a really good value fifth in here. But uh, walking on uh, each way, seven to one, I'll be mortified if he doesn't place at least. Interesting you mentioned the notes there, because on Unibet you'll find that Ambassador blogs every single day at the festival with both Nico de Boinville and Nicky Henderson. So it'll be interesting to see what they both say. That might be the well, that's just that, that's just the final point on that. Um, actually, with Nicky Henderson saying he's going to run six in the race, Nico's obviously got a, a choice to some extent of, of what yeah. to ride. Uh, I, you know, I haven't seen a book on it, but I would um, make it strong favourite. He rides walking on edge. I just think he's uh, the Henderson representatives. I think he's one with the most upside relative to his handicap mark. And that's an each way bet from Ed as well. And this is one of the three races on the Thursday's card where Unibet are paying an extra place. The Potemps, the plate. And the Kim Muir all paying five places as it stands, seven to one, five places for walking on air. So that's shoot first, walking on air. And um, my, my selection, for what it's worth, uh, or selections, uh, I um, would be a little bit concerned about one stat out there for shoot first, and that's no horse this century has won the Per Temps final having qualified at a Cheltenham qualifier. I didn't know that one. <laughs> no, that's oh, plenty of there. I've yeah. got plenty here. Where's that one? Start, yeah. uh, Start again. Where's, where's, your, where's your notes when yeah, you need get it? Get rid of them. Yeah. Um, so that would be a little bit of a worry for Shoot first. Um, he's obviously got to book the, that trend. <laughs> one horse that did book the trend um, last year was third win. He booked the trend of recent Irish train winners, mm. namely um, Gordon Elliott, and that stat uh, of the Pertemps qualifier winner at Leopardstown mm. um, coming on to win this, or a horse that ran in that Pertemps qualifier. Yeah, Sir de Burley uh, ran in it twice. Delta Work, um, he ran in it. I think presenting Percy might have run in it, uh, if, off memory. Um, and they always complain, don't they, the Irish? Uh, oh, you know, we've got £7 more than what the Irish handicap has given them. And it, it makes an absolute not much of a difference. <laughs> you know, they, they piled the weight on Sir, Sir de Burley. He, he ran as if he was possessed twice in it. Uh, presenting Percy went from... 120 rated horse to 145. You've carried top weight. Oh, he's got too much weight. And that bolted up. So you've just got to sort of take it with a pinch of salt, really, with regards to ratings and weights. Um, I can't get away from the fact how easily Maxim won that qualifier. You normally want to look further down the field to see what's going on behind the ones that sneak into fourth and fifth and just about scrape in. But on this occasion, I mean, he could have won with what Big yeah, Daddy on his yeah, back, yeah, couldn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, he, he literally just joined in um, two out. And doing his circuit comparisons and overall time comparisons with Home on the Lee, he would have won the Grade 1 that day. So if he would have won the Grade 1, and there were, I don't know whether they were weighing up their options at, at that time, thinking, well, we need to put this horse in the stayers. Mm. Reading between the lines, I don't, I don't really <laughs> think that Gordon Elliott cares what, he, what weight he's got with this horse, because he asked him... At, the press day, yeah, yeah. Um, is there any of your horses that you think is badly treated? And you just said, no, I can't complain. Where normally you just say, well, oh, you know, Maxim's got £7 more than mm. he should have done, which is bizarre, really, because he, he won and went up to 138, and then the handicapper has given him 145 after getting battered at Leopardstown by Percival de Galois, but he did get an absolute horrible run through that day. He ran yeah, the inside, no horses reason, dropping yeah, back in his yeah. lap. Oh, it was a nightmare. I mean, uh, Luke Dempsey Road, he could have probably, you know, uh, he's probably um, calling all the jockeys around him, all the all the so-and-sos under the sun. Um, I do respect Percy Galagawa, who was behind Maxim 
that day. And when he got his better ground at the DRF, he was a much better horse. And he's a real smooth traveller, Percy Gallagher. I think he's a <coughs> your archetypal solid each way bet on the day. If you can get six, seven places for him, around about eight to one, I think he'll be placed because he'll definitely get there going well down to the last. But if that Maxim runs to the level that he did at the previous meeting, then I think he'll probably win, and, and the softer the ground, the better for him as well. Yeah, Maxim, 7-1 to one with Unibet. Percival Agawa is 11-2 to two as it stands. Um, so you need a bit of drift, a bit of a drift. To I think they race. will. Uh, yeah, yeah. <coughs> once the, the, the day of the race comes, you, you'll be 8-1 to one to feel that race will. On to the Ryanair now, and Shishkin, the returning hero after that uh, unbelievable performance last time, <coughs> is the... 8-11 to 11 favourite, head of Conflated at 5-1, to one. Blue Lord 11-2, to two. Uh, Fury Road 6-1, to one. Janadil 7-1, to 10-1 to one. Fakir Duderis, 12-1, to one. Autumn Kalur and Envoy Allen. Um, Ed, will come to you first for the, for the Ryanair. Shishkin, you know, obviously sure to be popular on the day, couldn't have been more impressive last time. Um, talk that you know, possibly he could bounce after that last performance, where do you sit? Who knows? I mean, yeah, he's had a whole... Well documented history of um, injury problems, hasn't he, and setbacks? But I mean, cut to the chase. If he if he turns up like he did last time out, this is a, a foregone conclusion. But obviously, going back to the October show and my list of very good yeah. anti-post value losers, Blue Lord twenty-two oh, nice. to one. I think actually my quote was he's the twenty-two to one favourite for the mm. race. Um, I'm almost like ninety percent right I'm there, aren't I? I, Shishkin, I, I want to take the moral victory it. out of that, yeah, because <laughs> then this this seven barrows horse called Shishkin. Um, <laughs> Does a U-turn? Uh, does does a yeah, better comeback than David Hay? And um, uh, is absolutely uh, look. Shishkin runs to Shishkin, he wins. But Blue Lord eleven to two, I can't knock him out of the frame. I've been saying for harping on boring everybody since this. I think they've been running him over the wrong trip as a general rule. I think he wants two and a half. They tried him over two and a half in the Clonmel chase at the start of the season to see whether he got two and a half miles, and he outstayed the stair on that occasion. Uh, Tornado Flyer, previous King George winner. On very soft ground. Uh, he pulled hard, Blue Lord, and yet still found plenty in reserve when he was asked to go and win the race in the closing stages. I think over two and a half, um, I think it'll give Shishkid a fright. I don't think this will be as plain sailing as we're led to believe, but um, I've got it between those two. Is there any chance that, just looking now at the exchanges, and he's trading at kind of 9.8, which, I mean, obviously he's still got an entry for the champion chase, but you wouldn't think he'd go there, but... Well, there's still the chance. A bit of a noisy drift. I there, there's, always, there's always the chance. I mean, obviously, yeah. there's a win-only price. That's reflexive, isn't yeah, it, yeah. Um, uh, against Shishkin's dominance. And there is an argument, Shishkin... Well, there is an argument in many quarters that Shishkin still value it. Uh, shade of odds on, uh, four to five or whatever, that if this race cuts up... I'm buying or selling it eight and a half runners uh, going through it. No, I'm being serious. I think, I think <coughs> we're yeah, looking yeah. at eight or nine going to post, of which, uh, you know, I think there's four or five credible challenges. But Blue Lord... Uh, again, it's going to be an eight-runner race. If he can't finish in the top half of the field there, I, I would be shocked, mm. uh, to be honest with you. So it's a, it's a bit of a cop-out. It's a bit of an account closer, but 11-2 to two each way. <laughs> um, and Blue Lord, yeah. Um, I think you've got the each-way bit secure, personally, and you're having a, a free tilt at Shishkin, who, if for whatever reason, he can't back up the runner three weeks ago, then... Um, then the whole race falls uh, wide open, doesn't it? So, yeah, Blue Lord each way for me. Blue Lord 11-2, to two, that's best price in the market uh, with Unibet there. Uh, Andy? Um, yeah, um, I'd be along the similar lines of, uh, to Ed of, of trying to find something to beat Shiskin or certainly look for a bit of a value alternative. It just depends on what kind of Shiskin turns up, isn't it, really, here? Um, you know, similar to Liverpool the other day, everyone's, all of a sudden, I'm using that as an analogy, but... You know, I'm a Liverpool fan, but everyone all of a sudden thinks, oh, that, you know, that's going to kickstart their season and, oh, they're a different team than what they were. But it was the same front line that played against Brighton that got beat 3-0. It was the same front line that played against um, um, Wolves and got beat 3 and It was the same front line that got beat 5-2 against Real Madrid. All, now, all of a sudden, now they're... Recency bias. Yeah, it's yeah, massive yeah, yeah. recency bias. And yeah. it's the same with Shiskin, isn't it? Yeah, if, if it, yeah of course, if he runs to the same level, he, he's, he's got a fair bit of chance, but he... Nico did push him hard all the way to the mm. line. Watched a, vi a video again today, and I think that was a little bit unnecessary to win by as far as he did. So he's had a hard race in a quick time, um, and it's only a 26-day turnaround. That's that, that's the th one thing uh, just sort of nagging at the back of my mind. Look, I'm, I'm like Ned, uh, Ed with uh, Ned. Uh, Ed. I've been cool, boy. Yeah, yeah. Cool, <laughs> um, I I think he's the kind of horse that 
no part of me wants to be to have anything to do with that kind of price. We, we always look for value, don't we? Intrinsically, we're always looking for horses that have much, um, much better value. And I'd go with Janadil. Um, his two best time figures that we've got give him a real sporting chance here, particularly his run behind Alaho. I think Alaho is a better horse than Shiskin. That's one for a, a debate for another mm. day. Mm. But the time figures that we've got Alaho achieving in his two victories in the Ryanair has far surpassed anything that Shiskin's ever done over fences. So that puts Janadil right in the mix here. Better than Blue Lord as well. Um, we haven't got Blue Lord running as quick as Janadil. And Janadil was supposedly in need of the run the other day um, when he ran at Gower and he came from last to first to beat Orkaloo, who's no bad, bad uh, back number. So I think he's running the Ryanair last year entitles him to be in the first three. So whatever beats Janadil will probably win. Janadil, seven to one. Um, so a couple of each way angles there. And Blue Lord and Janadil against the favourite here. Um, you've been flying the flag for the for the Great British Hopes so, so far on these shows. I love these championship races in yeah. the Brits, yeah. Um, the thing with both of them, Shooks and Janadil, they both ran on the same day, Red Mills, and uh, mm. it's well, how both of them back it up. I mean, Janadil, I think the thing with it, the last to first, was quite taking, actually, the turn of foot that Janadil showed to come through and score. Uh, I think Shishkin, listen, he looked back to his best. He, he attacked the fences with vigour. He relished the step up in trip. He's got that rare bone condition. There's other concerns about him turning this round. But on all known form, he should win. But at 8 to 11, well, sorry, what price have you got? 8 to 11, eight to 11 yeah. do I, you know, I don't really want to get involved. Um, Fury Road, obviously in here really because of the sponsors. He's run two good races over three miles this year, but I can't fancy him. I see the case for Blue Lord. Envoy Len hated the ground at Kempton, so so connections say. But he's um, he's a very lovable rogue, isn't he? So we've got decent chart on form, but yeah, um, you know, Fakir Duda, I don't think it's going to run. No. Great Twentry, French Dynamite, it will run. That will yeah. run. Garlaw's going to go. Seems 50-50. right now. I'd say. Hitman so, runs. Um, you know, really, Shishkin on all known should should win. But I, I think like the guys, Janadil probably is the one. If he can back that up, that Red Mills. If he hasn't, if he's none the worse, he'd be the one to chase him home. I'd love to have seen Shishkin in the Gold Cup. Yeah, just think best horse should run in the best race, and um, it's going to be ten next year. And I just wonder if it could be a little bit of what if. Yeah. I know we're always looking ahead here, but there's a bit of the votors about if Shishkin just comes out romps home fifteen lengths, they're all going to kind of look at each other and think. Crikey! Uh, well, should we have been in the in, in the Gold Cup? But if, like, I if mean, that happens, happen? then he goes. I mean, he goes straight for the King George in December, and then wins that. That's what I'm saying. But if it, as a ten-year-old, you know, then the, yeah. the stats boys will he'll be writing the twenty thousand oh, word essay. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but just just a personal thing. I'd love to see him in the Gold Cup. Um, you know, plenty of stamina on his side. But look, they're going for the the race. They got well, statistically, and uh, the market would say they have the best chance of winning. So yeah, totally get it. And uh, but he, he clearly has thrived. Getting out of two miles. Training right? performance yeah. to get him back. Oh, I mean, it's mad, it's yes. whether he can back it up. You Absolutely. Know, if you're happy to take 8 to 11, fair play to you. Yep. On to the stayers now, where we've got Blazing Carl, who is the 11 to 4 favourite, ahead of Tiapu at 7 to 2. Uh, Marie's Rock is 4 to 1. Home by the Leaf, 5 to 1. Flooring Porter, looking for a hat trick, is 6 to 1. Classical Dream and Sagoha, both 9 to 1. Uh, Andy. You know, you've, you've had a love-hate relationship with the stairs in recent years. Uh, where do you sit on it now? Um, I love the stairs, yeah. I've been, had a few near misses and a few um, decent touches out of the race. Um, Buzz, obviously, last year. I have to mention him again. I think he would have probably won last year's stairs. Um, thought it was a fairly weak renewal. Flowing Porter won. But you can say that last two, three years. I don't think we've had any sort of superstars, you know, the sort mm. of barracudas this world. Um, you know, all, all, the, all the greats, um, big books, etc. We, we seem to be um, sh you know, very much short of quality, short of horses that can run huge time figures over three miles, that take turns to beat each other. Uh, this is so wide open this year. Now we've got Marie's Rock potentially coming in from left field. It's even more complicated. Mm. I think she really does muddy the waters because mm. she's the classiest horse in the field as far as mm. I can see. I think if it's two and a half miles, she'd beat them easily. But she's unproven over three. Nikki obviously feels as though it's worth rolling the dice and connections. So you've got to respect that, their judgment. The time figures that we've got, she's run the two quickest times over two and a half. Um, so instinctively, you want to sort of get with her and think, well, I'll take a chance that she gets the three. But, you know, you are looking at sort of three to, what is it, seven to two, something like that for Marie's Rock? Seven, seven uh, to two, four to one? Four to one. Four to one, yeah. Um, luckily, I've already had a bet in this race, so I can sit back and, and relax and, and, <laughs> and, and not um, play. Because I, I did back home in the league courtesy of a preview. I'd, I rose up on the race, or 
before December. Yeah. So um, I was hopeful at the time that the two I put up, Run for Oscar was the other one, and, and Home for the Lee, one of them might make the grade. And luckily, Home for the Lee has um, managed to do okay since. Of course, he won won at Christmas, and um, you know he's, he's he's boosted his chances. He was six in the race last year, so he's obviously got to improve. But he, I think he has improved. He's um, fairly versatile come ground, so I wouldn't really mind what ground it is um, either, either way for him. I just think he, he's solid. That's what I'm getting at home for the league. Tiapo, definitely think he needs soft ground. He, he's two best numbers that we've got him doing at Fairy House when he on Hatton's Grace and at Gowran in the Galmoy. Um, I've come on heavy ground or soft or heavy ground. So that is a concern for him. Um, and I do think the French also run okay. Gold, gold tweet. He's getting no love whatsoever. No. But I'll sort of give him a little peck on the cheek <laughs> um, because I think he's better than what the market is suggesting. Again, I think if, was, if he wasn't a French horse and mm. we, we had more knowledge over him or we, we, we got a bigger sample size with him, then you could say, uh, you, you know, unequivocally, he's, he's, he's you know, a, a better player than he is. But he, oh, I love the way he went through that cleave hurdle. Mm. When he, he literally came there on the bridle, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, on yeah. the run from two. I mean, it was only Dash or Drash he was beaten, but Paisley Park, to be fair, mm. was well beaten. So kind of he stacks up that form. So, yeah, I mean, I'm mentioning five or six mm-hmm. here. Well, yeah, I've normally, race, though, I've normally been yeah. only mentioning one or two. Yeah. I think this race is a real nasty <coughs> one for punters. Um, like I said, I've backed home on the lee, but if Marie's Rock's there on the day and I don't mind the ground, it's not like into an absolute war attrition because that would concern me over three miles, then I'd have to back her because I think she's just the best horse in the race. There you go. So home by the Lee, five to one. Gold tweet currently eight to one as it stands. Uh, Danny, how are you looking at this? Well, I've written like a six thousand word piece. I reckon you could easily <laughs> write a dissertation on this race. There's mm. so many in That's it with true. a chance. Um, Marie's Rock, I would have been all over for the mares. Ooh. I know why they want to split them up. And apparently, Midland Park were as keen as Nikki to have a go, which I was surprised. I thought they'd want to go for just a mm. for a, you know, the a race they've already won. Um, but I'm, I'm concerned about the stamina for her over the three. She pulled like a train in the Royal Kill and still somehow managed to thunder up the hill. Well, I think she was pretty keen. Yeah. Disagree slightly. I thought she'd ridden a lot more forward. If you get a look at her in the past, she's been anchored with the ambulance and been fighting Nico's hands. He had her a lot more prominent. And yes, yeah, she was for the first couple of furlongs. She did settle a little bit. But I thought she yeah. dropped. Once he let her go forward, she, she settled into it. I think she was ridden with the view of. Let's do something different with the future in mind. But anyway, I, I disagree because we're going to come on to that in a minute. But carry on. To you, Pooh, you know, you, you read a lot of the stuff at the minute. It, he sounds so dependent on soft ground. He's the one who really needs it uh, to turn soft. Florian Porter, obviously the two-time defending champion. Bit of criticism about the ride he got from Danny Mullins uh, mm. when beaten by home by the league last time out. But Not a good uh, Gavin, prep, Gavin yeah. Cromwell thinks he's in good form, but I wouldn't be that crazy about the prep. Home by the Lee is interesting because Joseph O'Brien apparently has trained him differently this year. They've actually trained him with a stairs hurdle in mind. Classical Dream don't think stays three miles. He travelled really strongly and then blew up on the run for home. Um, so with all of that, in conclusion, I am with Blazing Cow despite the fitness concerns. Um, return from that 428-day layoff. He's not done much work since and his participation hinges on this key workout later this week. But is that all uh, smoke and mirrors from the Burns Yard? I would perhaps think it is. I just think he's the unexposed one, the progressive one, and uh, I'm happy to stick with him. At a big price, I have to just mention him because he's got one entry across um, Chelsea. Oh, I know where you're going. Yeah, you know where I'm going here. Just to mention him, Asterian Falange, 363 days off the track. He's got (laughs) everything has to go right for him to go. But if he lined up, oh... As Kevin Keegan would say, I would love it. <laughs> 16 to 1, Asterian. I don't think he's going to win. I'd just love to see him in the stairs hurdle, just to see the carnage he might cause. Danny, you've done it again. What? Um, there's a massive stat out there that you've overlooked. Oh, no. Oh, and it's I'm revolving good. Blazing Cal. What is, what is it? The Boyne hurdle. The last Boyne hurdle to win the, the um, stairs hurdle. Dawn's Pride, 1996. Ooh. Sounds like he's due. Sounds like it's due. I wasn't born then. <laughs> so there you go. <coughs> Just, just uh, bear that in mind if you fancy Blazing Carl. Tough race. This is the toughest of the championship yeah. races for me. And full of quality as well. How do you? Um, we've already. You've already done mine, yeah. You want me to do it again? No, I don't. Go again. Go again. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Equine Rubik's Cube. I mean, yeah. You can make a case for pretty much loads of them in, in any shape or form. Uh, 
Blazing Cow is the, you know, he's been in and out of this race more times than he's been in and out of nightclubs recently. I mean, it's, it's absolute carnage, isn't it? Uh, he, I knew you, you were following me. One, one, yeah, <laughs> one minute he's fit, one then he's not. Look, um, he's clearly a horse of a you know, great deal of potential still. Uh, but it's that type of race. You're talking about horse, all horses with potential mm. as opposed to established performers. Uh, which we've been so used to in recent years. And uh, yeah, I agree with Andy, there's no, there's no English dream, there's no big bucks, and, but it makes it gloriously wide open. All in all, as I said, I disagree with Danny. I'm all in on Marie's Rock here if she lines up. It sounds like they're going this way. She's getting the, the mayor's allowance as well. I thought she hit the line very hard over two and a half on soft ground last time. <laughs> I said she was ridden much more forward. It allowed her to drop the bit. If you're going three miles and you anchor her and she's keen and fights Nico, then I think you've got problems with her staying. I think she'll be fine. She loves Cheltenham, you know, she's ticking a lot of the right boxes. And in a wide open year of that superstar, I think, again, she's probably the one still with the most upside. And I think this is a lot easier race than the Mayor's Hurdle um, to beat around the bush. I think that's why they're coming here uh, to take on, you know, Epitont, Honeysuck, all those. I think I'd fancy all those to pretty much, regardless of trip, kind of be in here uh, beating this lot. So look, it's an incredibly tricky race, but Marie's Rock, non-runner, no bet if she lines up. I wouldn't be shocked she went off favourite. And uh, I think she's got a, an outstanding chance. Marie's Rock, four to one. So we pretty much tipped every single horse in the race. <laughs> <up in Tiapu. laughs> we, haven't, we haven't mentioned the winner, have we? Oh, yeah. the, yeah. well, Tiapu would be the one, would be the one, the one hole. Um, what, what do you both think of Flooring Porter, though, as a defending champ? Would guess, you be worried work. about yeah. prep? it's prep? Just guesswork, isn't it? Yeah. Um, if you hear the vibes, and he's back to his best. But I think he's going to have to be, because I think this is a much stronger renewal than he's been winning. What about Paisley Park before we move on? I think he can place. I generally do. I think um, this is almost his last swan song hurrah, but I'd say on paper this is probably a bit easier than some of the... In, in the sense that it's, it's more wide open, you can make a case for more of them, but he's not uh, bashing his head against a, a potential superstar, I don't think. And uh, I wouldn't be shocked if he finished third at, at 16 to 1 or whatever he is. On um, He'll hopefully come with his late customary rattle. I mean, if he did win, the Just imagine. roof would come off the stand, whether you back to him or not. But yeah, I mean, as an 11-year-old, father time's probably against him. But uh, I think he will run a lot better than he did in the, uh, in the trial, put it that way. But um, hard to envisage him seeing off all these in order to win it. But uh, yeah, I'll go Marie's Rock. And if old Paisley finished third, he'll get a, a, an outstanding reception coming back into the, uh, the programme. Hard to think of a more popular site than, yeah, uh, than Paisley Park around the outside, suddenly being scrubbed along, takes flight. <laughs> That'd be great, the front. Um, on to the plate now, the plate handicap chase, where So Scottish is the 7-2 favourite. Ahead of Adamantly Chosen and Hot on Color, both at 7-1. Il Ridotto is 8-1. Stage Star, 9-1. Balco Coastal uh, and Midnight River in Fugitive and Fast or Slow, or 10-1 as it stands. Uh, Ed, we'll stick with you. I've not had a bet yet, but I've got two on the short list with the view that if they line up... Very short list. I'm backing them. A very short list. Not even a list uh, this <laughs> time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, number one is Kilcrut, I touched upon earlier. He's got entries in two handicaps. Uh, the Ultima on day one uh, and the plate here. As I said, he's, this is a horse who's placed two previous Chanter Festivals, obviously in last year's Supreme. was a runner-up in the champion bumper. Uh, we've been discussing at length about Irish horses getting a kind of seven to ten pound markup from the British assessor. Well, he's been given one pound. Mm. I wonder if that's just kind of dangling the carrot. They, they, they've got to have a go uh, at, at a handicap here. I have no idea whether he's on the boat or the, the ferry or whatever he comes over on. There. But either way, if he lines up, I will back him. Uh, and the one with the massive asterisk who's been burning up my, my notebook for a long time here would be Ferrero Bombu for Venetia Williams. Um, <laughs> Third in the Grand Annual last year, of which she holds an engagement in the same race this time around. Well, that third was off 141 last year, six pounds lower mm. coming to this year's Charlton Festival. Venetia's got this horse incredibly well handicapped. Now, if you watched that race back last year, remember that was in the, the Somme, wasn't it? That was in the ground. That was absolute mess. He was outpaced over the minimum trip on the old course and plugged on into third. I've oh, just please go two and a half miles this horse this season. Two miles running on, two miles, two miles. As soon as this horse goes to two and a half, I'm convinced there's a stone of improvement in him. Um, Felicia's got him six pounds lower than last year. Uh, he will be one of my bets of the, the day, uh, if not the festival, if he runs. I've got no idea if he does or not. They could go the grand annual route and they think, look, we were third in the race last year. Let's have another crack at it. But uh, Ferrero Bombu. Uh, over two and a half, a little bit of cut in the ground, uh, would be tailor-made for this race in my view. And um, Benicia's got a decent record in this as well. So, yeah, Ferrero, Bombu, Kilcrut, two asterixes if they line up. I'm back in the both. 
Would you want, I mean, obviously uh, one on heavy ground before, came third on heavy ground last year as well, but stepped up and chipped. Would, <laughs> would the rain put you off? Would you see it as a positive? I'd, I'd, I'd want some form of juice in the ground, yeah. absolutely. I, I've, I'm, over the trip, I'm not so sure the ground would matter so mm. much. I mean, the fact the horse was... He, Ferrero Bombu was flat to the boards over the minimum trip on the deepest ground you're probably going to run on at Cheltenham for many a year. Yeah. And it was only his stamina which really kicked in in the closing stages. So, yeah, if you've got a... Yeah, soft ground, good to soft, soft in places, plates. Um, as soon as this horse goes over the two and a half, two and a half, I'm sure he's going to leap forward. So, yeah, Ferrero Bombu, Asterix, best bet of the day, Asterix, if he runs Asterix. <laughs> Ferrero Bombu, 12 to 1. Kilcrit, also 12 to 1. Um, Danny? Uh, I'm taking on the favourites. I was very unimpressed with Sco Scottish at Carlisle back in October. They did then stay on well over an inadequate trip behind Boot Hill at Ascot. Um, needs every yard of this, but I... And does need good ground, I thought. So I, I just thought it was worth taking on the favourite. Um, uh, one stat here, maybe I can redeem myself, Andy, is uh, the past four winners of this event had won at Cheltenham earlier in the season. So that bodes well for Il Rodoto and Midnight River. But despite all that, I'm, I made a case on one of the other shows. If fast or slow runs here, I think he's got a right shout for Martin Brassel. Isn't a novice this year because he won over fence as a three-year-old in France and they've struggled to place him, finishing well beaten the John Dirk and the Dublin chase. When he was second at Cheltenham last year, um, he had the application of a tongue tie, which has been missing this year. So if they put that back on him off 150 here, he got raised three pounds by the British handicapper. Uh, I'd be with him and fugitive for Richard Hobson. Ran well behind Uridoto last year. Richard's horses weren't in great form last mm. year, so they're quite all handicapped. He wants deep, there was deep ground, does he? Yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah. So that would be the only concern. But I think he was second in good ground at Cheltenham in mm. November, but... Those two, probably. But I'm not sure fast or slow is going to run, which would be very disappointing. Fugitive and fast or slow, both 10 to 1 with Unibet. Uh, Andy? Yeah, I've been in sort of dialogue throughout the season with um, Paul Byrne, owner of, or previous <coughs> owner of South Scottish, and we had discussions about that horse early on in the season when he finished second at Boot Hill and said, how would you assess him or Boot Hill? And said, well, I think he's a graded horse the time he did that day and went away and said, OK, fair enough. Um, I think they were quite happy with their mark at the time um, and he's subsequently been sold to JP McManus read into that what you will um, but consequently um, he hasn't run since mm. so I think they've, they've done the sums they've got, got him to where they want to get him uh, and he's off 143 when conceivably he could be on a good deal more certainly Boot Hill is I think now I'm not sure what he is but he's got to be mid 150s 50-ish yeah, yeah. I would have thought uh, he's going to sneak in I think somewhere down the bottom um, don't know who rides. Boot Hill's one four nine. Okay, yeah. Um, so yeah, he's he's obviously got a great chance. Unfortunately, everyone has, has spotted it. Um, I think he was eight ten to one at the time when he ran beyond Boot Hill. I think he was putting favourite then, mm. and he, all he's done is contract. It's almost like you need a price to see what price he's going to go off. <laughs> you know, you have to nominate the name, the the uh, price of the favourite, or the name the favourite. I think it's named the price of South Scottish. I mean, him and Stumpstown in their respective races on the Thursday. It's just like, it doesn't matter what you price you put up mm -hmm. there, it just keeps going. <laughs> and you know what the markets are like close to the time. They just get to ridiculous state, states. Um, so I've got nothing negative to say about Scottish, apart from he hasn't run around the track. Um, I agree with Dan with fast or slow. If he came here, he'd definitely be on my shortlist. Those two runs over in Ireland and grade ones over in adequate trips just, just stunk of getting him handicapped for one of the races at Cheltenham. Uh, and I've got a huge amount of time for... That's all right, Gino, mm. um, yeah. who he had an overly hard race the other day beyond um, the pendle, in the pendle, beyond solo. The solo. I don't know why they ran him right-handed. He didn't like going right-handed. He was always on the wrong leg. He was jumping out to his left. But his run behind Stage Star here at Trial and Trials Day was a really good run, um, figures-wise, and I, I liked his tenacity that day. Um, he's still reasonably well handicapped. Just wish he'd had fewer runs, really. I think he's just had a couple of more harder races than desired. Uh, so yeah, I, th I thought he, he was interesting, but um, I've not a bet yet. I've missed all the prices about to go so Scotty, so I'm just going to wait for the day. But I, I, I've got a few that, depending on whether they run or not, like fast or slow, that's all right, Gino, to, to sort of um, mm. play around with the prices. That's all right, Gino, 14 to 1, that's best price anywhere. And it's with Unibet uh, for that one. <clears throat> Two more races on the card, we've got the Mez Novice and then the Kim Muir. Uh, Danny, we'll start with you for the Mez Novice, one who's going to be very, very popular in the festival multis. You'd have thought Lucia. Um, a few people think that 
should be have a fair chance if she went for the uh, for the supreme, let alone the mayor's novice. Uh, it's six to four here. Astro Diamond four to one. Night and day seven to one. A uh, lot, lot of joys actually eleven to two, so a bit shorter than night and day. Uh, you wear it well eight to one, ten to one. Magical Zoe and Princess Zoe fourteen to one. Bar those. Um, yeah, I mean the, the way. <coughs> I guess it's probably because of the race, and, and you know we saw Dino Blue last year um, bomb out in this. But the way that people are talking about Lucia and I guess the you know the the, the the class that she has maybe compared to her rivals here, it's almost surprising to see her at a back full price. But no, 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 no. I would. I think she's the most likely winner. I mean, the form. Yeah. What has she beaten? Is probably what a lot of people would say. She didn't jump yeah. as well at Exeter as she did at Newbury. Um, Obviously, Ireland won the first six renewals of this. Harry Fry brought it back here last year, and I, I do think she's got a good chance. I don't think Willie Mullins is. I, I don't. I, out of the three towards the top of the market, night and day, lots of joy. I don't. Ashro Diamond's the shortest, but I'd probably like lots of joy out of the out of those mm. three. But I think Lucia is the most likely winner given her level of form and potentially the talent she has. At a bigger price, um, I like Magical Zoe for Henry de Bromhead. Uh, the good win at Dan Royal last time out was a bit of a surprise when actually returned at 18 to 1. Race has worked out okay, not maybe not the strongest form, but I just thought she was open to plenty of improvement. She's one on soft, she's one on good to yielding, and potentially could be one who's uh, going under the radar. Princess Zoe is interesting given the flat form, but she only dead heated at Punchestown on um, debut, and I thought that was uh, a bit of a disappointing start to life. Probably you wear it well as the other one to mention in terms of the British contingent. But I think Lucia would, is going to win this, but Magical Zoe each way. It's interesting, Andy, because I mentioned that, and you'll be able to tell us what Lucia's done. You know, <coughs> Andy talks about what has she beaten, but you can tell us in terms of, of, of speed figures how she stacks up against these. But you think of a mayor's novice as maybe being a race where you know, short prep favourites might not perform up to a level, but we saw Limini, Let's Dance and Lorena both justify very short prices a few years ago. Since then, it's been a bit less predictable. Where do you sit in terms of Lashia's chances? Ah, oh, excellent chance. I mean, she's top of the figures we've got. Um, she runs a really good standard first time at Newbury, which is always a sign we've got a you know proper graded horse. They, they, they win a listed race first time out. A jumping by and large was really good. She made a bit of a haulix at the last, but she did that exactly the same at Exeter. Mm -hmm. So that suggests to me that when she was in front, she was more vulnerable with her technique. The only thing I would say, the two tracks that she's uh, uh, run on, coincidentally, have both had um, plastic hurdles. So she can't afford to rattle into those hot, you know, yeah. upright timber hurdles and, and make the same kind of mistake because she'll lose ground. Um, Ashro Diamonds and a whole has got a whole body of work to suggest she's going to run her race. Good time at Fairy House when she was third. Good time again at the same track when she won. Uh, and her run behind um, Fasel Vega was also um, pretty eye-catching on the clock. So she's the solid one that's pretty much sure to be in the frame again. Again, you're looking for each way multiples. It's hard to see Ashro Diamond. Given her back qualities and, and her uh, sort of level, level of work at, at, at championship um, cham on championship days, obviously she's won the bumper at uh, Aintree, stacks up really heavily. And there's one at a big. I don't think night and day run. Looking by the exchanges and the, and the betting vibes, I'm not sure she's going to go. If she did, I think she'd be a player. The other one to have a look at a big, big price. We got quite a good time figure for um, Foxy Girl when she won at Limerick. And she strikes me having the same kind of profile. 16 to 1. Yes, yeah, Tell Me Something Girl before she won here. Mm. A little bit of a Henry de Bromhead one under the radar. But the form of her race at Limerick that day was has worked out really, really well. Uh, Willie Mullins also in excess has won since. Um, uh, not, there's been three or four. I know there's definitely been three or four others that come out and won maiden hurdles. And she ties in nicely with Liberty Dance, mm. who has gone on to fly the flag of it, grading and listed levels um, since. So I think she's quite an interesting one because um, she hasn't run since that Limerick race. So they've obviously had her uh, at this race online for her. And a stat against lots of joy is no uh, GB bred horse has, has won this race. Nought from 62. Wow. Nought from 60. She's by Camelot. She's the only one of the fancied horses at the front end of the market, which is a GB bred oh. horse. And my one. <laughs> go on. You wear it well each way. Okay. She's GB bred. She's GB, yeah. If, I mean, you just go. take the collateral form through uh, the Dan <laughs> Skelton there. 16 to 1 Foxy Girl, for those yeah. wondering. Yeah. yeah, you wear it well. Um, 8 to 1. Beat She's a Saint by further than Lucia did. I know it doesn't always work out like that, but I think it's a fair barometer that she's a pretty useful mare. Um, she's power clear to win uh, in the Jane Seymour at Sandown last time. And there was a bit of debate afterwards as to whether they go the Albert Bartlett route. 
with the mayor's allowance, given that she kind of stayed on from the clouds in the shallow mm. on very soft ground. Um, but after discussing it, they think, remember, this is on the new course, more stamina inducing, two miles, one furlongs, might ride them more prominently here. And uh, yeah, I, I don't think she's a million miles behind Lucia, for that way. I, I mean, I'd love to have seen Lucia in the Supreme, as you mentioned, but listen, Nicky Henderson, he said he was getting a little bit of flashbacks of a, a May, remember 15 years or so ago, called Amaretto Rose, who kind of uh, went down this route and was one of the hot pots on the opening day. Uh, at the Cheltenham Festival and didn't get the job done and it came out of a bad cut on her leg and that was basically a career gone. Um, so I think he's kind of uh, playing it safer, once bitten, twice shy there. And because there is a claim, yeah, you could run the, the cheer in the Supreme, that would add even more spice to that mm -hmm. race. But uh, you wear it well each way. As I said, on the if you take the strict collateral form of the Dan Skeltemer, she's a saint. Uh, I mean, well, factually, you wear it well, beat her by further than the cheer did. Um, now look, different ground, different day, etc. I get all that, but I, you know, Jamie Snowden's having a season to remember, and I wouldn't be shocked if uh, she was pitching in there at the end, uh, come the business end of proceedings. So each way for me, you wear it well. And you think that the five lengths behind Hermes Allen would, would uh, age pretty well as well? Well, again, I've just said that that shallow hurdle form you can read out how you want, but yeah, I mean, I think it is the second, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth have all come out and won that shallow in some shape or form. So. Yeah, you, it doesn't look the worst renewal of the Chalo, put it that way. So, uh, yeah, you wear it well for me each way. But the breeding? Well, that's done me. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Place low. But, um, well, you, could, you could say the same about Henderson. North, Nick, Nicky Henderson's not from nine. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. No, look, that's I'm, another stat. If I'm worrying about that, I'm, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stick with it. You wear it well each way. Might not have the, the raw class of Lichir, but I'll say that don't think she's as far behind Lichir as yeah. the prices would suggest. <laughs> Finally, uh, for our Thursday preview, it is the Kim Muir, and you must be watching, thinking, where is Andy's best bet of the day? Well, it comes here, and it is the horse that you mentioned a second ago that keeps getting shorter and shorter. Stumptown is a three-to-one favourite ahead of Mr. Incredible at five-to-one, Angel's Dawn seven-to-one, Dunboyne ten-to-one, Monbeg Genius twelve-to-one, but Andy Stumptown is the one that you're after. You put him up um, on this show uh, when we did the Irish Angle a couple mm -hmm. of weeks ago. Uh, you know, the price has shortened, yeah. I expect. I think there's a danger. There's a difference between my best bet of the day and my strongest fancy. Yeah. Um, obviously, I've already backed Stumps down. Would I back it at four to one? No. Three to one. Yeah. Three to one. No. I mean, because I think it'll be bigger on the day. So you're asking me to put something up now, then it's not great value. But do I think he'll win? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I should have backed him before he ran at Sun. That was annoying. I think I've told you the story. There was only yeah. three firms betting on him because nobody had. Almost heard of him, you know, Stumpstown, he come out to Sandown. Everyone's looking at the videos. But the day when he won at Thurless, I put the clock on him that day and, and compared him to Fakir Duduris. Uh, so when they jumped the one in front of the stands to go round and then to the line, he would have beaten Fakir Duduris. And I was thinking, my God, this is a fair horse. Well, he's only rated 120 odd. Yeah. Um, I thought he was an absolute certainty at Sandown. Uh, he proved that. He jumped immaculately. And the key to him is good ground. He jumped poorly at Ferry House for punches down early in the year when he couldn't get his feet out of the ground or get any traction. But on good ground, his performances have gone up real, you know, right through the roof. Um, he's, he is a very good jumper. Um, and he's, he's, he's got in here off a, off a fairly um, workable mark. I think Barry O'Neill's due to ride him, because I've yep. been told. Yeah, mm, I think that's yep. the word on the street. I think Paddy Mullins is going to ride Mr. Incredible. I'm not sure all's gone well with Mr. Incredible when his homework, so I've been told. He has refused to race on the racetrack, and I think that's beginning to show up in some of his homework at home, so I'm led to believe. Um, so if he isn't, you know, he hasn't got all both paddles in the water on the day, then Stumpstown will obviously have an easier task. Just to throw, obviously, I really like Stumpstown, but there is an interesting runner in this race if it does run that's Angel's Dawn. Now, he needs quite a few to come out. But I put this up the other day at Punchestown. I was absolutely livid with, with um, the jockey ride. I think it was Colin yeah. Quinn. He was cantering three out. And I thought, oh, this is one. Keen Quirk. Keen Quirk. I thought, this is definitely one. And he went in unseated, Keen Quirk, at the third last. Mm. And I, it was one of those ones where I had to go out and walk the dog. <laughs> I was absolutely <laughs> hopping mad. Because I knew how strong he fetch and launching the ball. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, 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 it's a wonder that the dog didn't go with it off my boot. Um, I don't even say that. No. Um, but you know what I'm saying. I was annoyed. Yeah. Um, but I do think he's well, very well handicapped Angel's Dawn. I, th I think he's an Irish national top. I think that's the kind of race he could run well in. But uh, he was going that well the other day. I'm sure he would have played a hand. 
and he's been well backed as well for this. I think he was 16s a week ago, mm. he's now in his 7s. But I've backed Sunstown, so hopefully he uh, he gets the job done. Stumptown, as I say, yeah, three to one uh, favourite here. Angels Dawn, seven to one. Um, Ed, where are you sitting on the Kimia? Uh, I've backed to Knight in Lambourne each way. Ben Pauling having a great season. This has been sixteen the, to one. Best been price. the target for this since uh, he won at Cheltenham back in the uh, November meeting. It's thrived since going up to three miles. I mean, a bit of an unusual prep for this. I mean, I was there the night at Worcester when he won back in August, and the horse is just. Um, well, she has just taken off since going up to one three of, miles. One of, one of 104 that day, narrated 135. I know, just, just taken off. Mm. Uh, she's thriving. Three miles seems to be the making of her. <coughs> Clearly took a real liking to Cheltenham as well. Um, is a definite runner. Uh, it sounds like uh, Gina Andrews is going to ride. And uh, yeah, again, I expect one or two of the Irish hot pots perhaps to have a bit too much up their sleeve. But I think uh, she'll give her a running. She loves the track. And I think she's right in the mix, unless the ground turns to an absolute bog, in which case that'd be a major worry. As I said, she mm. mentioned she's got summer ground full. Uh, but a night in Lambourne each way, she smuggled into third at 16 to 1. Um, that'll do for me uh, for a race, which, uh, yeah, as far as get out of jail stakes go, not the one you want to, in my view, be uh, trying to get out of jail in. <laughs> is it is be stuck a... in jail for the, for the rest of the day, I think. I think the preview circuit, a lot of people are saying, is this the race where someone gets disqualified? For some people, because of the whip rules, is that going to be a concern in this race? Wow, some people God. are saying, but who worry, knows? Worry about Given that after. Yeah. yeah. Amateur jockeys can't count or something. Well, that's what some, yeah, I, I, I think it's a harsh thing, but that's mm. what's been doing the circuit on the previews. But uh, we'll see. We will see. Um, one night in Lambourne, you've had a few of those, haven't you, Ed? No comment. Yeah. Danny? Definitely no comment. <laughs> uh, two 40 to 1 winners of this in the last I think six give us, years. I think you're going to give us one. So, no. Um, I'm a bit boring like Andy, really. Um, Stumptown is the obvious one. Only raised £2 by the British handicapper as well to mark a 135. Really impressive at Sandown. And Angel's Dawn as well, for me, is 43 on the list at the minute. So, that is a bit of a concern. But as Andy said, he made the case, fell free out was travelling really, really strongly. Maybe of the British hopes, Monbeg Genius has been on the up for John Joy O'Neill, but I don't know whether the handicapper has finally got him in his grip. But yeah, I thought be an Irish train winner. And the booking of Barry O'Neill, Mr. Incredible, I think he, he didn't want to, a bit like me this morning when I saw the snow, he actually refused to even go on the gallops, I think was one of the things. So um, let alone refusing to race. He is an interesting character, got tons of ability. Um, I backed him in the classic chase last time out, really stayed on, but... It doesn't look like he wants to go on, go mm. on and win it. I think he's he's got talent, but he's got plenty quirks. of quirks. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Mullins got his work cut out. I think I've backed him for the Grand National. I'm just thinking ahead. If he is intimidated by the ch sort of Cheltenham crowd and sort of sixty thousand race goes, God knows what he's going to be like on, <laughs> on Grand, Na Grand National day if he gets there. <laughs> well, hopefully, he goes down to the first and sees what he's got to jump. <laughs> <laughs> <isn't he? laughs> You're joking, well, aren't you? Yeah? Mm. <coughs> Brings our day three preview of the Cheltenham Festival to a close. Thank you very much to Ed, uh, to Andy and to Danny for sharing their thoughts and insight. We're about to record day four, you can tell Andy's getting a bit tired next to me, so I'll rattle through that. Uh, and thank you very much to Unibet as ever for sponsoring the show. They have a, an offer for new customers. You can find the link in the description below. Deposit £10 and get money back up to £40 if your first racing bet loses, plus a £10 casino bonus. T's and C's to apply and you can find the link in the description below. Um, so do check out Unibet for all of those. Hopefully some value in there. Um, probably some prices that will go in the coming days. Uh, fingers crossed for a couple of winners that goes alongside that. Uh, but please do ensure that you're gambling responsibly and do subscribe to the Odds Checker YouTube channel where you can find our day four preview there as well as days one and two.